3: On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast on the Fight Night feed from Talk Sport. I'm Will Gavin, as always, alongside Talk Sports Wrestling's Alex McCarthy. And a cracking show we've got coming up for you this week. We've got our interview with the brand new Raw Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, coming up. And we've got an interview with the Impact Knockouts Champion, Dionna Parrazzo, as we go double top tier, top tier tier women's champion and coming up we'll have a conversation about mickey james's treatment by wwe and a look back at impact rebellion as kenny omega the belt collector adds another one to his fine collection that's all coming up on the talk wrestling podcast from talk sports Yeah, you're listening to the Talk Wrestling Podcast from TalkSport. I'm Will Gavin. Alex McCarthy is alongside me for the show every Monday evening on TalkSport 2, the only place on national radio where you can be talking some wrestling. We get into the graps. We get thoroughly sports entertained over the course of two hours every week with the very best guests, with callers. We do a quiz. It's all there for you every Monday night on TalkSport 2. And now, here is part of the Fight Night feed from Talk sport in podcast form. Coming up, Rhea Ripley and D'Honor Perrazzo, the brilliant D'Honor uh coming up for you. Plus, we'll talk with Gary Cassidy from Inside the Ropes to talk about Kenny the Belt Collector and that brilliant pay-per-view from Impact Rebellion. But first... We've got to talk about one of the big bits of news from WWE this past week. After the releases, which we talked about on last week's show, Mickey James posting on social media that she received her goods back in a trash bag from WWE. And we got into it with Alex McCarthy on this week's show.
4: Literally, um, with a trash bag, of course, Mickey posted a photo that WWE had sent her road belongings to her via a trash bag essentially garbage i don't know where you're from listening to this but it's a bin bag it's not good and yeah she, it just had her name on it she was not happy and it seems that apparently this has been a recurring thing with wwe as many women like Gillian hall uh, and a few others came forward to say that they had had a similar treatment nobody was really happy about it on twitter and by the time triple h and stephanie mcmahon caught wind Mm, it was a storm. Uh, they basically... Ha- I don't want to read word for word what they said, because both are similar. But they essentially said that they were really sorry that a legend had been disrespected as such, one of the most recently released talents. Of course, Mickie James among the ten let go on uh, after WrestleMania. And, yeah, they said that the person responsible had been let go. Since then, I think a couple of people have left WWE. Uh, Mark Horano being the headliner... Um, And he obviously sat in talent relations, so one would deduce, Will, that it fell under his remit to do these things. Johnny Laurinaitis apparently then set about calling up all the talent that had been released to apologise to them for that practice. This apparently wasn't like a WWE edict, it's not like Triple H or Vince McMahon are sitting around saying, Where's the trash bags, guys? Get it out to them. So, this is obviously something that Carano took upon himself. And uh, for a billion dollar company, Will, it's not a good look. So, they were forced to act, and they have.
3: It's really disappointing, especially considering, you know, we'd heard very good things about Mark Carano as recently as our interview with Melania. Melania? Melina, even. Ahead that new of WrestleMania. superstar. Uh, how that he was the one that brought her back to the company how he had a particularly good relationship and not just a good relationship but specifically a good relationship with a lot of the women
4: in well, WWE uh, and as, yet... as you say this Will later on Sin Cara even has good words you'll hear it in the interview today but he even he had good words for Carano so a shocker I guess in many ways
3: Yeah, and a real shocker and a real disappointment and something that we've seen specifically a number of women coming out and speaking about. And, you know, the reason to be clear that it is female superstars that this has happened to is not that, you know, male superstars have had their belongings sent back to them in, uh, you know, a beautiful suitcase carried on the wings of doves or anything. It's that... (laughs) You know, the female superstars tend to have more on the road with them because there's more gear, there's more kit, there's hair, makeup, everything that kind of goes with that. And that stuff that they tend to have in lockers, on the road with them, etc. And that's why they're receiving anything back at all, which often the male superstars aren't. So I hope, in a weird way, the same level of disrespect would have been shown to male superstars. And this isn't purely a gender thing, but you can't help but feel like, you know, not only have you got the fact that this is happening to legends and superstars, but but specifically female ones.
4: It's, it's not a nice look. No, it's not at all. And, and credit to Mickey James for obviously... Bringing this to the spotlight, bringing it to the fore. She spoke for a lot of women, it would seem, in, uh, in making this issue heard. So, credit to her. Stephanie McMahon obviously acted and apologised. And Mickie then responded to her saying she couldn't help but feel like it was symbolic of the last three years that she spent with the company. And that's a great shame, because I know guys like yourself and I, we feel like Mickie could have done so much more during her time with WWE, during this second run. There could have been... So much more made of her legendary status, helping make other women, some dream matches in there, and WWE just did not use her. And and again, that kind of ties into what we've said before in the way WWE don't necessarily present their veteran legendary women in the same like they do the men, Uh, and, and that's a problem
3: alex mccarthy and myself will gavin talking about mickey james being disrespected in trash bag form lots of positivity from the world of wrestling and particularly women's wrestling to talk about though and let's get into one of our favorites you're listening to the talk wrestling podcast as part of the fight night feed from talk sports and let's get to our feature guest the brand new wwe raw women's champion after getting her mania moment one year on from wrestling in front of no fans at mania 36 she beats asuka she wins the title for the first time and ria ripley caught up with our very own alex mccarthy this past week who asked ria about her mania moment
5: Oh my gosh. It was everything that I could have dreamed of. Like it was just absolutely amazing. Just looking around and seeing the like pure excitement. Sorry, I got all my animals here. Uh Um, The pure excitement of everyone's faces. um, And then just being excited myself. It was just a real magical moment for me. And I actually spotted my friends and my boyfriend in the front row as well. So it was even more special, but the funny thing is like holding up the championship, I was so tired. It was so heavy at that point. I was like, I got to keep holding it up because this is so exciting, but my arms are really sore.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those belts are no joke. Uh, I mean, when, when we, obviously that moment is amazing when you get backstage, I know that I've seen you in interviews say, Uh, you know that Vince was there and all of that good stuff so talk to me about like when you get through the curtain um, who were like the first people to greet you Uh, can you even remember like any words from anyone that particularly meant something to you yeah
5: so I actually didn't go back through the curtain I went up the side and straight to the back and um, I saw my friends and my boyfriend sort of get like escorted to the back and they spotted me straight away and they all like ran up to me gave me a hug so it was real nice like seeing them straight away and being able to, like, have a little conversation with them. And then after that, I went straight to, like, New Year's Day and I had a little convo with them. And then I made my way to Gorilla and finally got to talk to, like, Vince and Hunter. But just seeing, like, my friends and my boyfriend and seeing how excited they were. And just them like <laughs> running up to me in their heels and dresses, like super <laughs> excited. It was a real funny, but like super cool moment for me.
4: <laughs> yeah. And that's the cool thing, too. Like you, you mentioned Vincent and, and, and Triple H, right. Um, but also Oscar. Uh, you, I'm, I've heard you before say that, you know, you'd really wanted to face her, that she was like a dream opponent. So it must be really special to her being the one that you shared this moment with. Um, you know, I bet she was delighted with how it turned out, too.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've wanted to be like stepping in the ring with Asuka for a long, long time. I watched her in Japan when I was 17 years old, when I went over for three months and I just thought she was the coolest. And it was so like epic to me hearing her say on interviews that she wanted to wrestle me too. Mm. So having that finally happen somewhere like WrestleMania was a real cool moment. So I think the both of us, um, it was just super exciting to finally get one of my dream matches that I've wanted for a long time and to actually come out with the victory with someone that's so good at what they do as Asuka is like to come out with the victory at WrestleMania, have my big moment, my special like moment and all of it come together and also like get played out to the ring by new year's day. Like everything was just so perfect about WrestleMania and it's something that I'm going to hold very, very close to my heart for like the rest of my life. But
4: well, when you saw Triple H and Vince, um, can you remember anything they said in particular? Cause I'm going to imagine Triple H in particular was like the proudest.
5: <laughs> yeah. They pretty much just kept saying like, well done. You guys did great. Like you should be happy with yourself. Uh, proud of yourself. Cause they are uh, just like things like that. And, There was a lot going on, (laughs) a lot of chaos. But I do remember them being extremely happy with everything and just saying that I should really be proud of myself.
4: One thing that I find so interesting about this whole situation, right, is, you know, and I know that you spoke to Will on a conference call from TalkSport the other week, and you were saying that you'd been sitting in catering, and then out of nowhere, it was like, oh, no, you're in this week, you know, and now we're going to WrestleMania. Um, we thought it might be Lacey and Charlotte. Then it might have been Charlotte and Oscar. And then it was Rhea and Oscar.
0: Um,
4: (laughs) You know, you take that back the year that you had with Charlotte as well at 36. And then you were working together with the NXT title in your house. Plans just seem to have changed for you all the time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like the the course is never really set. Um, so, So like last year, I'll start with this. I know Charlotte ended up taking a break, which maybe no one accounted for did you expect to be working with her and the title for the most of that year like do you, did you know I don't know if you knew exactly what the plans were but did you expect that to be the story because I think everyone has kind of had the comment right where they're like what was the plan then because you know who knows
5: yeah um I didn't really know what the whole plan was uh for the rest of the year but I thought it would last a lot longer than it did um I thought I'd be like in my mind I thought that I'd be having matches with Charlotte for a majority of the year and then possibly going to Raw or SmackDown and sort of, like, continuing things there. But, I mean, it didn't happen. And I'm still, like, really thankful that, like, I got that extra time in NXT because I got to do so much cool stuff. Like, mm. I got to wrestle one of my best friends, Raquel Gonzalez, and have, like, epic matches. So I'm, I'm still really, like, thankful that I got to stay and do my work there. But I definitely did think that it was going to lead – Somewhere different in a way.
4: Yeah. Well, I think what's cool, and the kind of the reason I asked that question is now here we are again, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, right? Like she she attacked on Monday. It yep. looks like you know, so in in a in a weird way, it's kind of worked out well because your first feud holding the major title in WWE you've got Asuka and you've got Charlotte Flair either side of you. So, I mean, in, in a weird way, isn't that great?
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny how things, like, sort of come around. You just got to trust the process pretty much because uh, even if you don't know what's going on, they always do. So <laughs> it's wild to think that we're back where I was, like, a, a year ago and I'm I'm back in something with Charlotte Flair. And it's cool to have Asuka there too. I think that's – I think it's going to be magic.
4: Yeah. Um. So when did you first – hear about the call-up, right? Because when we saw the the vignette, everyone got well excited. I'm sure you saw. Uh, <laughs> it was like, oh man, it's going to be great. And then of course the weeks went on and we were like, is it going to be WrestleMania, isn't it? And then we've since discovered, obviously, that it maybe was going to be the night after all, but it got pushed forward. So what was the yeah. first thing you heard? Like you're coming up and you think, I'm coming up, but then you're actually not coming up. You're <laughs> coming up and sitting there.
5: Yeah, so I actually found out really early that I was... Uh, going to be going to either Raw or SmackDown. I think I found out before War Games, actually. Wow. Um, so it was a while before, and I just had that in my mind. Like, I sort of just went with everything. and Because, you know, like, how you get told things, and then it never happens or, like, things change. So, like, I, I knew, but then I also, like, didn't know <laughs> in a way. But, um, yeah, once after the Royal Rumble, I was – at Raw every week um, from then on. But before that, I was always at NXT. So I knew that at least I was there. I just didn't know when uh, my journey would start on the main roster.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you mentioned Raquel earlier on, and I know from our previous chats how close you are in real life. Um, I I, I mean, twofold question. First of all, how cool was it to have the moment (laughs) of you, her, and Bianca? That was, I thought that was an awesome kind of after WrestleMania moment. Yeah,
5: no, that was incredible. Uh, Just (laughs) going out there and standing in the ring with Raquel and Bianca, two people that I really do respect and I look up to um, and sharing that moment where we all got to hold up our titles and show off all our hard work to everyone. I thought that it was a really special moment and I really thank Hunter for putting that on NXT for everyone to see.
4: Yeah, I, I thought you did it so well as well, because when you stared her out to begin with, I was like, surely they are going to be friends. I was like, come on, give me the moment I want. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was very cool. And like I say, in, in the tail end of NXT, so you knew kind of around war games, um, I'm going to assume it, you know, we know Triple H makes the calls, right? But are you saying, well, before I go, Raquel, like are you kind of pushing to do that or was, or was that already in the plans? Um, I feel
5: like it was already in the plans, but I was also pushing for it a lot. Um, it's something that I had wanted to do uh, for a long time in NXT as well so I'm glad that we were all on the same page with that
4: Yeah, I, I mean again how, how cool is it to see her BEO and, and her rise as well because of course she was in NXT before her she comes in yeah. as kind of I mean almost the cool thing there she comes in as almost Dakota's muscle per se you know yeah. like but now look, look how it's switched and Dakota's still supporting her and stuff I, I think it's very cool the way that story's been done
5: yeah, no, I, I, I do I do love how everything's panning out for her. I've She's been here longer than me and she was so welcoming to me when I first came here. Uh, we were pretty much inseparable. Like she's been my partner this whole time in mm. NXT and she's been the one that I go to when I've been sad or I've been going through something in my life. So I'm very happy and thankful that she's finally getting the spotlight that she deserves because she's worked so hard for it and she's finally getting recognised for all that hard work.
4: Well, when we look at the new era of NXT, right, uh, moving to Tuesdays, I'm talking about, of course, what was it like working within the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars? Because I feel like um, both brands were, were putting out great stuff and obviously NXT did some amazing things in that period of time. Do you think that that was more of like an internet thing than a real thing?
5: Yeah, definitely. I think internet definitely blew it uh, up a lot more than we thought. Um because we didn't really think about it, at least I didn't really think about it too right. much um, when we were on NXT. I just went there, did my job, and I I totally forgot that there was a war going on. I just <laughs> wanted to do the best that I could do, and I think everyone was in the same boat as that. I think everyone in NXT just loves what they do so much, and we just wanted to do the best that we could, and if that meant, like, we were in a war with someone, I guess, like, we we're coming to fight, but... <laughs> I think the internet definitely blew
4: that up a lot more than it was. Gosh, wrestling fans, you know how we are. (laughs) Always. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, sticking on NXT just quickly, and I mean this for the Triple H influence, he he spoke about how he felt you grew so much last year. You say uh, that you really are grateful that you got the extra time in NXT in the end of it. Um, talk to me about how you've, you know, he's influenced you, particularly in the past year, I guess, like guided you when, plan- when plans have changed and to where you are now, this this magical moment.
5: Um, he's just, he's, like you said, he's guided me through everything, which is fantastic. Like there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I get uh, confused about or like I have questions about, and he's always the one there to help us because Like NXT is his baby. He wants it to be as perfect as it can be. And we're all pretty much like his children, you know? So he wants us to achieve greatness in this company. So he's always going to be there giving us advice and tips. So he's always really hands-on with everything, which I do appreciate. Like even if it's something in the ring, like with a promo, and I'm like, how should I like face, like should I talk to the camera? I don't know. So like he's always there to sort of like help me and guide me through, which I love. It's he's very very needed in NXT, and I, I appreciate him for wanting the best for all of us.
4: And I guess the transition to the main roster thus far. Like I know you've only been on TV for you know X amount of time, but how have you found that? And like who's who's been really cool to kind of bounce off of there? Be it I don't know. You know, um, you know, you get Finley, you get TJ, you get the women that are leaders in the locker room. Like any of those that really. I guess, have influenced you thus far?
5: Um, Everyone there has been very welcoming and very helpful. Uh, TJ definitely has helped me a lot. Um, I haven't been there for very long, so I haven't had much of an experience yet. But TJ, he's just, he's got so much knowledge and he just, he's so helpful with everything. Like, if you get stuck on anything, he's there to help and he thinks of things like so quickly, you know? And I'm like, wow, I wish I was as smart as you. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well that's awesome i'm i'm so happy obviously that you are where you are now we always knew it was going to happen but i'm glad that it happened in a cool way right like that's very yeah. cool for me to say. you know what i just thought of one last question last time we spoke you said you wanted to be covered in tattoos <laughs> how, how are you coming along with that huh i uh,
5: it's getting there it's getting there <laughs> i actually i added to my arm so like that's it's a good sign are you, <laughs> are only you just, do a little bit
4: i was gonna say you're just gonna keep doing it and one day wwe can be like hang on that's a lot and you're gonna be like up to here
5: like pretty much <laughs> i feel like that's gonna happen <laughs> i just keep getting little ones and they don't really ask me about them
4: <laughs> <laughs> i like it again trust the process uh, exactly. ria always awesome to talk to you i really enjoy it thank you so much for joining us here on talk sport <laughs> today uh keep killing it i'm sure we'll speak again soon
3: oh yes thank you so much <laughs> The wonderful, the delightful Rhea Ripley joining the Talk Wrestling podcast on your Fight Night feed from Talk Sport. Make sure to go and give us a rating and a review. It really does help people find the show and more brilliant guests over the coming weeks for you, hopefully right here on the Talk Wrestling podcast.
1: right at home.
0: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required.
3: Let's turn our attention now from WWE to Impact and a little bit of AEW mixed in there as well. We'll talk about the brilliant Rebellion pay-per-view, Kenny Omega claiming the Impact title from Rich Swann in the main event. But first, let's hear from the Impact knockouts champion, Diona Perrazzo. And we started off in her conversation with Alex McCarthy, talking about her facing WWE legend Jazz in a title versus career match. So
2: obviously... I was not aware that we were building to something like this um, when Jazz first came into Impact. And I was so excited because, you know, Jazz, um, and and people thought the virtuoso was being condescending on TV, and and she was, but Diana the person watched Jazz, when I was a little girl. You know what I mean? I grew up, she she was such uh, a force in women's wrestling, and you always heard her name being talked about um, for being, you know, ahead of her time. Everything that everyone has talked about about Jazz, coming into impact has reigned true um prior to her being in impact and now um when she was teaming with Jordan so it was really fun for me to get to interact with her a little bit to wrestle her a little bit um but you know the virtuoso has got to do what she's got to do and jazz put her put her career on the line so um I couldn't not step up to the challenge
4: yeah absolutely what, what was it like getting to um you know like you mentioned that you'd watched her as a little girl like what was it like to meet you know quote unquote legend and and then not only that but to be able to take it a step further and actually like you know do business with us that's, that's pretty much as good as it could get i guess
2: yeah i think like especially for um you know women's wrestlers that are my age and grew up wanting to be wrestlers and wanting to be a part of this change of women's wrestling that we've seen in the last you know seven or eight years um it's a dream come true to be able to interact with these people to work with them to call them your friend to call them your co-worker um to defeat them uh <laughs> so you know it, it's kind of you know impacts come full circle in so many different ways that um you know getting to wrestle jazz um at hardcore justice was was just one more of those ways
4: yeah i mean it's just another string to the bow like your championship reign right now is just gaining so much momentum and i will we'll come back to that and talk about some of the women that you've worked with and it's been great but you just touched on it there the virtuosa character i want to talk about that a little bit right because yeah. um coming out of nxt and then joining impact you know when you were there i think i've seen you in other interviews say that you were pitching things and you wanted to be this character, right? And it just now, it seems mental that you were never anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're so good and <laughs> this technical, you know, craftsman, for want of a better term. And I just feel like, was this always how you imagined Dior Naprazo would be? Do you know what I mean? Is this what you were just waiting to show the world?
2: Um, I, I think when I started with Impact... You know it, we're just shy of a year um the presentation of virtue uh, the virtuosa was 100 things that i had pitched to, to nxt and the way we kind of presented her um you know really being like two or three steps ahead of her opponent and you know just smart and intellectual and a student of uh the professional wrestling business and game um and you know a, a technical craftsman um was really how I wanted the virtuosa to be presented. I wanted her to be presented larger than life and to tie in all the elements of history um, and my culture and my ethnicity that um, I really think the virtuosa encaptures, um, which Mm -hmm. is very broad. Right. And it, you know, I think a lot of wrestling characters um, get fallen into like, it needs to be straightforward and everyone needs to understand, but I think the virtuosa is very nuanced. And I think that, um, it's part of my condescension to be like, I don't really understand, but maybe you're not supposed to fully understand because you're not a virtuosa, you know? So um, I think that character was a little bit, maybe too broad for other people to understand, but um, the way I wanted it presented when I came in in May last year, we hit it like nail on the head, got it. I think it was... The fans were able to understand it a little bit more and we've been able to kind of build other elements of of Diana Perrazzo and character work outside of just, you know, defining the word virtuoso, which is the most exciting for me because I'm developing every week before everyone's eyes on TV.
4: Yeah. And and like, again, layers is great. And the reason I asked that question, right, is because when you join impact, uh, I believe that you've said as well, Madison rain was kind of influential in that. We know Gail Kim is behind the scenes and we can talk yeah. all about them, but in terms of the character, like who did you really work with and, and who was really, uh, understanding of saying, yeah, you know what, what you see we want, uh, you know, who really helped you kind of get the ball rolling, I guess.
2: Yeah. So once Madison, um, put me in touch with Scott Moore. um, Scott and I had talked on the phone once or twice. And I said, you know what? I have like an entire character synopsis written. I have um, vignettes that I had had filmed um, a year or so ago and had pitched um, and got turned down. So I'm just going to send everything to you um, so you can kind of get a feel about how I, how I want to present myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just emailed all of that to him. And then he was like, okay, you've done all the work for us, you know, um, and then it got brought to creative, I was for sure coming in May, and, um, you know, one of the the writers, um, Robert, we have so much in common as human beings, and he, you know, knows so much about history and understands all of, like, you know, the concepts I bring to the table that are a little far-fetched, and maybe, you know, I'm a history major in college, so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I'm researching, I'm trying to tie in a little bit, um, whether that be with, like, like nicknames or, um, you know, a p- possible tag team name or my music or things like that. Um, and Robert just gets everything because we just have similar like brainwave length. Um, so Robert has been super instrumental. Jimmy Jacobs has been super instrumental because mm. him and I, um, you know, vibe well together. So I just think as a whole, everyone at Impact has, has- welcomed the virtuosa character with open arms and if they didn't understand it necessarily they gave me the chance for them to understand it and then also gave me the chance to get away from um defining myself and now i get to do things like be the career killer
4: yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, poor Jazz. Um, <laughs> I, I was, is that like instrumental in you picking Impact when you became a free agent, right? Like, because it must be so rewarding now, uh, you know, for instance, the PWI, like you you made that list high kind of just from being on TV for what, half a year? Um, right. And I think it's pretty universal opinion that you will have seen on Twitter that everyone is loving your work. So that justification yep. is nice, but to have the freedom to do it, I guess it must've been instrumental in picking impact.
2: Absolutely. And I, I think that one of the core values of impact is their knockouts division. I think that we um, consistently get, get the ball itself, but then get to use the ball to push boundaries and break barriers. And, um, you know, everything that they were doing before I came in with their talent. And then right before I came in, there was like three or four people that had debuted right before me. Um especially in the last, you know, 16 months, we have grown tremendously as a division. Um, So the fact that I got brought in and I got the opportunity to go right for the title and be the champion right away before I had committed long-term just speaks volumes for um, the trust that they have in me as a wrestler and as a human. And I'm almost loyal to a fault. So there was no way that I was going to turn around and be like, you know what? Not the place for me. Um, (laughs) Because all I wanted was someone to give me that trust and someone to see the vision that I saw and see something within me that they could then put on their TV screen and make a champion. Um, So I'm like, in debt to impact for giving me that opportunity um because that's that's exactly what I needed and I've been able to take that pressure from them and, and you know consistently knock it out the park so yeah. I think
4: no you have you 100% <laughs> have you know you speak about the roster getting better and better and the knockouts vision I think it's been a staple of impact for years now
2: yeah.
5: uh,
4: Taylor Wilde is coming back yeah. <laughs> in former knockouts true. champion um I, I spoke to her a few months ago and and i know that this has been delayed right because the pandemic and whatnot and and now mm-hmm. she's finally here but it's almost even better right like former champion you've had an established reign is that something that excites you like more fresh opponents you know especially women like her that have already kind of blazed the trail in their own right
2: absolutely um i have been i talked to taylor probably almost a year ago um about you know like my career up until this point just what i was starting to do an impact and um she was just kind of getting back into the wrestling scene so to have her back in impact is so exciting because um at this point you know i've gotten to defeat odb i just retired jazz so um is this one more legend knockout legend that i get to to work with but then also defeat i don't know that possibility is exciting um, but then more than just Taylor Wilds, you know, there is a more surprises coming. Um, you know, there's just a ton of releases that happened. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's someone like Chelsea Green who... Is my best friend, but, um, you know, is also one of my favorite opponents in the ring. So if she was to come to Impact when she's able, that would be great. Mickey James is another former knockout champion. That would be phenomenal. Um, I I think, like you said, our division has been a staple of Impact Wrestling as a whole, of uh, TNA Wrestling as a whole. So um, the fact that there's there's opportunities for us to grow and grow and grow uh, is, is so exciting for me.
4: I mean, you, just the names that you routed off there, and obviously being close to Chelsea, how hard are you recruiting them already, 90 days oh. out?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially Chelsea, but um, it's, it's kind of hard because when I was released last year, I was happy about it, right? And I was kind of like, Woo, like mm-hmm. uh, freedom, and I get to be my own self. And um, that's not a lot of the cases this time around, you right. know, and then especially... Um, you know, Chelsea, it was more of a shock, right? So, um, I've just kind of been like, let the dust settle and then we'll talk about it all. But, um, obviously impact is where I want her to be. I want her to thrive and succeed. And, and, you know, um, I think that being so close and having the relationship we do, um, her seeing me thrive the last year is kind of a relief, right? And her seeing Matt Cardona, her, her fiance thrive, um, in the last year is, is relieving because it's like, I thought I was going to be at this place. I thought this was my forever home, but um, I'll be okay no matter what. Been there, done that. And uh, I know that, uh, I'm sure Impact would love to have her back. She's a former Knockouts champion too.
0: Yeah,
4: I was about to say, like, as far as, (laughs) you know, a case study goes, you're literally as good as it could get. You know, that's what you need to say. Look at what it can be. Um, (laughs) You know, but you are basically like the legend killer at this point. (laughs) You're turning into that way. And I spoke to Gail Kim last month. I know you know where I'm going with this. Um, She said, and I quote, that it had already been put to her. She had been mentioned to her about working with you. Um, Was that news to you or is that something that excites you? Like, talk to me about that.
2: Yeah. So when I saw those headlines pop up and I was tagged in them, I was kind of like, ooh, like I needed (laughs) to read it right away. Um, And obviously that excites me because, you know, Gail is just another one of those, people that I grew up watching and even more so, I think Gail is like the first woman to kind of do what I did, but you know, years ago and be like, Mm -hmm. this isn't the place for me. And, And she up and left and look at the career she's had outside of WWE within impact. I mean, to work with her, um, app tapings is incredible because she just pushes me outside of my comfort zone and and she wants so much for each of us um that it's inspiring and i want to do the work i do to make her proud um, so if there was ever that possibility to get in the ring like i mean i hope she would she would want to do it um, but i know she is like i'm retired i'm retired but um, i don't know i mean there's just so many possibilities right that I'm at the point where like anything is a good thing. And I don't want to say no to anything. I'm up for anything and everything Um, week after week on TV. I've continued to say like any company, any generation, any competitor, I want the best competition out there. I want the knockouts championship to be like um, the most coveted title there could be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the fact that I get to do that and I get to say that, and then there's all of these women that are available or will be available in the next few months um, to possibly contend for my championship is, again, more than I could have ever asked for.
4: Yeah. I um, mean, speaking of you being the champion, one of the like crazy days was when uh, Sue Young was inserted into the title picture, right? Because Kylie Ray had to drop out. Um, obviously, want to be respectful to Kylie not really talk about that situation. That's hers. But as for you being the champion that day, Man, that must have been a whirlwind. Like, when you get there, do you still think you're facing Kylie? Like, what? What's the deal? How was that for you?
2: Yeah, so it was just as much as a surprise to me, I think, as it was to the rest of the world, um, <laughs> that it wasn't going to be me versus Kylie, and I didn't know until you know a couple hours before the show um, that the match was changed and Su Young would be returning. Um, and then you know we kind of went from there. From there, but it was it was a whirlwind of a day and I went through possibly every emotion that I could have went through and I remember standing in the ring and just being like I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) I was just so thrown for a loop and it's unfortunate like I go into you know any match but especially these high stake pay-per-view matches with a vision of what I want to look like and what I want to create that night and and the impression I want to leave for myself for my opponent for uh, you know at the time Bound for Glory and I was so, 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 so excited to, to put on what I thought would be like a masterpiece clinic, five stars with Kylie Ray, Um, and then obviously that didn't get to happen. Um, and it was just kind of like, okay, we have to, we have to take a minute, you know, um, and reassess. And even more so now I look back and I watch Bounds for Glory and I'm so proud of what we were able to create because it wasn't, um, you know, the thing that I thought I was going to do, but then mm. I think it was even better because we got to bring in a secondary character. Um, the, you know, that four weeks of, you know, I lost the title to Sue and then the build to me getting the title back at turning point in a, in a no disqualification match. Like all of that was such on the fly and real storytelling that um, I'm just as equally as proud of that match and what came after than I think I would have been with the match I had in my head.
4: Yeah. And and I think that's the cool thing, because in my head, obviously, someone who's watched wrestling a long time, I was like, they're not going to put the title on Sue Young. Like, late notice, they're not going to do that. And then it was like, oh, damn. like they And it's just what you said. It was that really exciting kind of part where he's like, oh, my God, they took it off the honour. And and then it kind of went from there and it was really great. Um, I I just want to, before I move on to a a final few questions here, talking about like the infrastructure, we've spoken about Madison and Gail and kind of what they do. I know the structure in WWE is a bit different, you know, maybe it's like a Fit Finley or a TJ um that work with people and AW, Kenny, Dustin Rhodes, but this seems to be one of the company where women have more of an influence than, than many others. Like how cool is that? And um, I guess just how different has it been being an impact, like having that understanding, I guess, with other women being in powerful positions, because it is refreshing.
2: Yeah, it's, It's refreshing and everyone that I've worked with, um, whether it be Madison Rain, whether it be Gail, whether it be a a man, um, the environment that everyone has been able to cultivate an impact is, um, I think what draws most people there and what keeps people there is because you feel like you're really a part of this family that is pushing each other to put on their best selves and their best work. Mm. Um, and like I said earlier, uh, you know, working with, with Gail, who is the cornerstone of the entire knockouts division for as long as it's inception, Mm. um, you want to create better for the next generation and i want to create better for that that comes after me so to have that influence with gail who pushed for women's wrestling for so long and and made us have the positions we have and the ability to to you know go out there and do whatever we want and to be considered equal and um you know the the you know the knockouts division hasn't faltered from what she built Mm -hmm. um is special to me and it's important to keep that integrity for me because I'm working um, off what she built and I'm working with her directly. And, and that goes for Madison rain too. Um, and even more so because Madison is such a personal friend of mine who, who um, was instrumental in getting me to impact wrestling um, mm. and getting the job I have. Um, <laughs> Like, I I wanted to do her proud and I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself, especially within this first year of impact to prove everyone right and to prove that they took the chance and it was worth their while. Um, And I'm just thankful that they gave me that chance and that uh, I thrive off pressure. (laughs)
3: The brilliant Dionna Purrazzo speaking with our very own Alex McCarthy. You're listening to the Talk Wrestling a podcast in the Fight Night feed from Talk Sport. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. It really does help people find the show. And we'll finish off by talking about Impact Rebellion, a brilliant pay-per-view that ended with Kenny Omega now being a world champion in three different major world promotions. So we were joined by the man who knows all about impact, the very best covering in the UK from inside the ropes, Gary Cassidy. And we started off talking about Kenny, the belt collector claiming that impact title, but how the company move on from here, how they progress from here, considering they've built him to be basically unbeatable.
6: Yeah. I think like, I mean, you mentioned perfectly Diona Perrazzo. It's now like the kind of thing where it's like, well, who's going to overthrow her? I Mm. think they've built a similar thing with Kenny because now, whoever does instantly as a star, you know, whoever does it, it is massive. And you can either do it with, you know, a younger talent and strap the, the rocket to them or bring in a big name potentially, which we saw some teases of last night, um, which, you know, might be something that happens down the line at Slammiversary after some, you know, some 90-day uh, non-compete clauses are up. But it's the kind of thing where, you know, that match last night, I think the the kind of oddest thing about it is... You know, it was all one-way traffic on the lead-up to it. AEW didn't really do much in terms of promoting it. I know they gave out a couple of little, or Tony Khan gave out a couple of little reasons uh, for that. But it seemed like the most predictable thing ever. And then it's the kind of thing where it's like, well, how do you make predictable good? And how do you make people not moan about predictable? Because people are just ingrained to think that anything predictable is bad in wrestling now. It's just the way that things are, you know, I would argue. Kofi Coffee, Coffee Mania was predictable, it was amazing um, but it was like, well how do you make it good as well I absolutely loved the fact that they came out beforehand and said there's going to be a winner, you know, it's not going to be a, a disqualification finish, it's not going to be this or that It's, it's fair to
3: say though Gary, people have said that in the past and then it's not happened yeah. if, anything, <laughs> if anything, when someone says there has to be a winner, you almost know there's not going to be normally.
6: Will hates this yeah. version <laughs> As you can tell, <laughs> As the breaking of the unwritten rules that we always see in wrestling. But I was like, well, that kind of took it at to face value and went right. And I had, you know, kind of been geared towards. I actually, oddly, I, I should say, I didn't actually put out a report on this, but I'd been told beforehand that it was probably going to be Omega, and I was like, probably, like I'm. I thought that decision had been made a long time ago. That it was definitely going to be Omega, um, but no, apparently it was quite a quite a late decision in co- <laughs> in comparison to how you'd think. But no, um, I just think the way they played it, you know, the Aubrey Edwards stuff, bringing her in, everyone looks at social media and goes, right, Nashville screw job. She's going to be the person that, and they they actually completely switched <laughs> that and and had you know her almost not cost Omega, but you know, stop him from doing the, the, the dastardly thing about it and, uh, and you know, yank the chair out of his hands. So I thought that was all brilliant. thought it was brilliant the way they, they played it out, but they have, you know, I, I struggle to say I feel bad for Rich Swan because the guy, his career was almost over and he got to have a world championship run in probably the most integral part of Impact's, you know, recent history at least, maybe their overall history. So I yeah. don't really want to say I feel bad for him, but it was always the kind of thing where you're like, Right, Kenny Omega's probably winning this match. <laughs> so, but yeah, all, all brilliant stuff, so can not really complain? When you come away have, after a predictable match thinking it's great, it's all good.
4: Having said that, you know, and I obviously thought Kenny Omega was a lock, basically, for uh, like we all did. A lot of people were surprised that Finn Juice retained.
6: Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> so, um, so I'd actually earlier on in the day, and, you know, there's, if there's one thing that as a wrestling journalist, you know, not to report its results of matches because they can change mid-match, they can change at any point. Um, I'd actually been told, uh, yeah, Good Brothers getting the titles back and it's going to be Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers holding all the gold. I was like, oh, well, that, that sounds kind of like what you'd expect, you know. I, I just thought fin just were probably on some kind of short-term deal so they could have took the belts to Japan like they did and then, you know, all that good stuff. Um, and then I was like, right, so I've kind of got that, I hadn't heard anything about the titles that did change hands, so that was surprising, which was good, I love being surprised with stuff like that, and I was like, Mm -hmm. oh man, that that means that, you know, the Good Brothers are going to, they're going to have a, a whole sweep of new champions apart from Dionna Perrazzo, and then, yeah, Fin just retaining was completely surprising, that was just something that, I didn't expect, I mean, I'm not against it, and I'm, I'm not against seeing them, you know, compete again against the good brothers, because every time they're in the ring, man, I, I really enjoy it, so, so keep that going, I really don't mind that, and it'll be nice to see them, you know, and Impact for a while longer, because I feel like they're, you know, I wasn't too sold on them at first, I always thought, you know, two great talents, not really sure about the tag team, now they just look like a completely gelled, you know, high chemistry tag team, absolutely amazing in the ring, any they're together, so... No complaints on that, and I like being wrong in that one because I didn't report it. <laughs> so, well, good. will will <laughs> we be wrong,
4: Will? Will we be wrong with where Samoa Joe heads up, right? Because you and I were salivating last week at the prospect of perhaps an AEW run, right? But we all saw the teaser last night, Chelsea Green. Could she be a, a prospective opponent for Diana Perazzo And Samoa Joe as well was also teased in there. Thinking about Samoa Joe and Kenny Omega, um, man, that would be two huge pickups for Impact. Uh, Will, first, like, do you see it?
3: Yeah, 100%. It obviously makes sense to do the whole him going home storyline. There's Mm -hmm. a part of me that, like, wants him to go really left field and go out to Japan or something. But as we know... Pandemic days don't necessarily lead to something like that. And obviously AEW, there's so many great talents I'd like to see him work with there. If if it's to be believed, if it's to be understood the reports that the reason that it ended up uh, ending with WWE was what we speculated on, Al, was that he wanted to be back in the ring. They said, no, we just want you on on Mike, and it wasn't just a straight-up getting rid of him because he was sensational on the commentary. There's um, <laughs> a little bit of it that's like wherever he goes, just put him back in the ring, put him in a oh. title picture. I am ready. I am ready for it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gary, what, what, what do you know or or think of the futures of uh, Samoa Joe and Chelsea Green?
6: I should put out um, a verbal version of that gif where it's Jose Mourinho saying, if I speak, I am in big trouble. Um, No, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, nothing completely locked that I can say yet on that. But the one thing that I think is worth remembering is last year's Slammiversary. You know, impact teased, one big surprise. And then that is where a plethora of surprises. <laughs> they just yeah. hit you with a ton They, they did, right they did
4: tease Miro, didn't they? And that didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, worth remembering, I, I guess.
6: Yeah, I don't think all the names that were there last night are going to be people that would return. But out of the ones that were teased, you would have to think that, you know, Chelsea Green, AEW would be a great location for her too. But obviously, you know, she's got the full history with Impact, knows the character, has, you know, worked there in the past. And then, Following on from that, I mean, Samoa Joe, he would be a star anywhere that goes. We all know that. And the, one of the big AEW Dream matches would obviously be with Kenny Omega. Um, so to have him go there, you know, we mentioned that who can beat Kenny Omega? I mean, not many people, I hate to say it, but not many people. in Impact, I think, right now would be really believable. I think they'd need to be built up quite well. I agree. Samoa Joe, I don't think, needs any build at all. You know, you can instantly think that if he was to return even on his first match, he could easily beat Kenny Omega and win a championship. The one annoyance would be, I wouldn't want that to be the end of the relationship between the companies. And also, you know, like Will said, New Japan for Samoa Joe is an unreal proposition. If the world opens back up, I only hope that if he does sign with impact, hopefully it's you know similar terms to what we understand the good brothers are on where it can work an impact but we'll probably see him in other rings as well so I really hope that's the way forward and I do think very um if I was a betting man <laughs> I think uh, the smart money might be on the one at least one of the people you just mentioned um but again I don't think it's going to be just one surprise I could be wrong there um, but they did say our world's going to change again so outside of you know someone coming into the company at least one person the only other thing you can take from that is maybe the return of crowds which i think would be an interesting one but i think th- they've they've kind of hammered it right out there in terms of the in terms of wrestlers i think they're not so subtle with it as like chuck something out there and it's it's the kind of thing where when you put Samoa Joe in one of those packages Obviously, last year they teased Miro and he, he maybe was the biggest name out of them all. I'm not too sure if you'd say he was. Um, but to put those names or faces out there and then not bring in at least one of the big ones is shooting yourself in the foot. So you'd have to think at least a huge name is going to be there from the ones that they've uh, teased at least.
3: Gary Cassidy joining us on Talk Wrestling. We are here every Monday night on TalkSport 2 with a full two-hour show. We take your calls, your texts, your tweets. We get into it. Myself, Will Gavin, and Alex McCarthy. Do give us a rating and a review on whatever podcast format you use. We'll be out every Wednesday morning as a general rule here on the Fight Night feed. You've been listening to the Talk Wrestling podcast from TalkSport.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?